0: hey guys welcome back to handling it i'm your host catherine and as you know i thought i had my life all figured out and then i realized i actually didn't but i'm handling it and one of the best ways i've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives Well, thank you for tuning in this week, everybody. I am so happy to be sharing today's conversation with you because this week, the talented and creative Liz Lidgett is joining us to chat. Liz is an art advisor, curator, and gallery owner who represents 50 artists from around the world through her own gallery, Liz Lidgett Gallery and Design, which is based in Des Moines, Iowa. Not only does the gallery have a core belief that art is meant for everyone, but it has a commitment to fair pay and also to representing at least 50% women and or BIPOC artists. As Liz will explain in today's episode, the gallery only opened in 2019, which was a difficult time because the pandemic hit shortly after. However, Liz made a shift to online sales and marketing art through social media. And today, the gallery is shipping 80% of the work it sells to clients from all across the United States and internationally as well. I am really looking forward to all hearing from Liz and learning more about her background and love for art, and also what it's like owning and operating a gallery. So with that said, you know what to do. Turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy Hello, hello. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to
1: chat with you about about art. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Thanks for having me here. Of
0: course, of course. Like I said, I I think your story is really interesting and and how and when also you decided to launch your own gallery. Mm -hmm. Um, But for people who don't know a little more about you, you are an art curator and you own your own gallery in Iowa. Would you mind telling people, I guess, how you got
1: into art? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I was always the art kid. Um, So I knew that I wanted some way to be in the art world. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And my parents always told me that if you could write well, you could do just about anything. That was their advice. So I went to the University of Missouri for their journalism school. That's well-known. Learned how to write. And then at the same time, I got my art history undergrad. Then I went to USC and got my master's. And the program is now called Curatorial Practice in the Public Sphere, which is a super wordy way of just saying curating art outside of a museum space. So I was living in Los Angeles with my now husband, and we kept coming back to Iowa and seeing the way that the just the arts community was changing in such a cool way. And in Los Angeles, we always felt like you had to be like a multimillionaire to make a difference. But in Des Moines and in Iowa, you just had to have a good idea and people really rallied behind you. So we decided to move back to Iowa where we're both from. And um, yeah, I started my business. I was 27 at the time. Um Flash forward, I'm 37 now, so I'm just about to hit the 10 year mark this December, and you know it's been a wild ride. I I worked for in-house curate or uh, corporations, and I was their curator there. Then I went off on my own and did all of these different things, and then three years ago, I started the gallery. That's a really like overview way, but that's that's what happened. That's how we got here.
0: Yeah, well, I, I thought it was really interesting. So like I said, you have your own gallery, the Liz yes. de- Gallery and Design. Um, you launched it in 2019, which, yeah. if we're all keeping track, right before the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so- oh, if I had known. <laughs> right. Yeah, but I'm so if we can start talking about sort of that pivotal moment, you launch the gallery, which is great. And yeah, you know, you're you're investing in your dream. And yes, I would assume all is going somewhat well in 2019. Then of course, 2020 hits. So if you wouldn't mind walking me and and everybody else through that process of starting this company of your own, right, putting everything in a space, having a space to show off everything and then you know having the pandemic really um i guess limit or hinder some of your ideas and and ways you're trying to grow
1: right so that's a great point um so starting in 2019 really 2018, 2019, I was working as an art advisor. I was working with corporations and restaurants and people in their homes, but we didn't actually have inventory, right? So I was going out to all of these other galleries and to artists and working with them to find great pieces for our clients. And I kept coming up against the same roadblocks and the same things that I felt like didn't feel right. So I thought, What if, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel, right? Mm -hmm. But I can follow the gallery model, but hopefully I can do it better. And I think that means better for our clients, better customer service, and then also better for our artists and treating them so well in a way that is not always standard for galleries. Paying quickly, supporting them, really talking about um, who the artists are that are creating the artwork, and then additionally, um, the stats for women in the arts, they're way underrepresented in galleries for women artists. So we represent at least 50% women artists. That's a standard across the board in our gallery. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, also taking a look at like diverse backgrounds of artists and all of these different things that really ended up coming to a head in 2020 as well. Um, I It feels like weird to say, right place, right time, but it was we. the things that we were trying to focus on, other people were focusing on too, but we really were looking at it in a gallery sense. So we were starting the gallery, things were going well. And then of course the pandemic hit about eight months in
0: mm-hmm.
1: and people obviously weren't leaving their homes. And It was one of those things that was so interesting. But we're a small but mighty gallery at the time. There's four of us now. There, there were just two of us at the time, and we just sat across from each other about ten feet. And Tina and I kept coming into the gallery, and we thought people can't go to museums, they can't go to galleries right now. I have no idea if this will affect sales or what. I hope it does because I want to keep you know, sales happening for these artists. But what if I just went on and started talking about the artwork that I was inspired by every day? And we went on Instagram and I went into stories and I went into our posts and I just started showing them artwork and why I was really excited about it and why I was passionate about it. And sales started to like boom. Mm -hmm. And I think for two reasons. One is that like I said, we were trying to focus on things that at the, same, the social justice really coming to a head at, in 2020, people were looking at too, and they wanted to support artists of diverse backgrounds. They wanted to support female artists. And then, you know, people were at home and they were looking at their blank walls and all of these projects that they had <laughs> um, for so long on their to-do list, they were just staring at these walls. And so they wanted artwork. And they wanted to support small businesses. And it was all of these things coming together in this crazy brew of supporting our gallery. And so we just grew and grew and grew during that time.
0: Well, I think what you pointed out there too, with just the pandemic and everybody being home, I think, I mean, I alone know so many people that invested in new properties yeah. that moved and you know, made moves to new areas and redecorating is a large component of that. Totally, And I think it's really interesting when you look at sort of the home, um, like home goods, the home accessory space Mm -hmm. and different ways you can style essentially the places that we were living Mm -hmm. in, we spent most of our days just living in, looking like you said, like looking at the four walls around us, Mm -hmm. um, I think there was a lot of that too. Um, But one thing I love that you noted, is your initiative on highlighting artists that oftentimes can go underrepresented um, in the industry. And I think, you know, looking at your gallery and looking at how that's sort of at your forefront of uh, initiatives and and things you want to do to make your gallery different Mm -hmm. from others out there. To me, that was like a big takeaway of, I mean just what sets you apart from so many other galleries out there in the country. And it, it's showing off because like you mentioned, you know, you've been working with so many different publications, you've mm-hmm. partnered with so many different individuals and and companies. And I think it just shows like, I, I mean, we could go on all day about how uh, so many industries don't shine a light on you know, enough people.
1: <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. But and I think I think if we take like anything away from what has happened to our gallery in such a wonderful way, is that like doing the right thing is good business. Mm-hmm. And I I think we don't always get it right, but we try and be so open, honest, communicative with both our clients and our artists. And we honestly do try to do the right thing. We know that we can't change the art world as a whole, but if we can have it right, if we can do it right at home, right? Like it's like raising kids sometimes. Like if you can teach your kids right at home, then that's really where what's so important. And, um, Anyway, that's that's just how we feel. Like we want to take care of our people. We want to take care of our artists. And then, you know, there's something that I talk about a lot is that sometimes people forget that there is a person, an artist that is like pouring their heart and soul into this piece. And so when whichever piece you fall in love with. And so I, I talk about a lot with our clients that I'm helping that, yeah, you should have diversity of medium in your... Uh, collection. So maybe you should have photography and painting and all of that, but also think about the diversity of the people that are creating it. Think about their point of view, who you are supporting, because ultimately we have 50 artists that we represent and that's 50 small businesses that we're trickling money down into. Um, And we're a small business still very much so. So I just I think that you you should think about when you're collecting art who you're supporting whether that's the gallery and then the artists you're supporting or or who those people are and what are their points of view it just it all goes into um you know making everything more meaningful in your collection
0: mm-hmm. I think too with our society um just sort of a negative thing I've seen uh, and not just within the pandemic but I think a lot during the pandemic is we just had this mass purchasing of goods right trying to get oh, stuff yeah. before it's sold out and I think when it comes to like mass manufacturing of art as well mm-hmm. it becomes like you said you sort of forget you know who's working behind something oh my goodness mm-hmm. all the shows that I think of just you know thinking about the pandemic all the shows that I watched during the pandemic the films mm-hmm. that kept us entertained right. yeah it's easy to forget you know that there's workers just beyond the actors and and what you're seeing on screen, that there's people that are putting, like you said, just their hearts and souls into this. Mm -hmm. So one of the other things I want to note on, and I I love this because (laughs) I fall into that bracket of, you don't have to be a millionaire to enjoy art and to curate art. (laughs) right? And I, I love that sort of mentality. And I think, um, because like you said when it comes to styling your home or styling your office space or whatever it may be you know you you want to style it you want to fill it with pieces that either you you know empathize with or connect with or yeah. that represent a part of you mm-hmm. and i feel like a lot of times it's disheartening when you <laughs> i mean i've had it happen where i walk past you know gallery windows or i see something you know anywhere in a storefront or um, just on a wall and I'm like, wow, what a beautiful piece and Mm -hmm. way out of my price range. So how did that sort of mentality of, you don't have to be a millionaire to curate art. How did that sort of fit into your business model and method?
1: Sure. So, as I was helping people, you know, for the last 10 years, the um, I, I would I would be a millionaire if I had a dollar for every time somebody started a conversation with me about like, well, I like art, but I, I don't know much about it. And I don't think I can afford it. There's just so much like hesitation. I even see it. Sometimes we have these big glass windows right at, uh, in the front of the gallery and people kind of like hem and haw about if they're going to come into the gallery because they don't know if they belong here. So that is like, this mentality that it's like art is for everyone. You are welcome here. You belong here in the art world. It is for you too. We have pieces that start at $250 here in the gallery and go up to $15,000, but there's a wide variety. If you want to start buying original artwork, there is a way for you to do it. And that's also why we work with like different things like financing and all of these different things that help people buy artwork in a variety of different ways that's good for their pocketbook. Right. Mm -hmm. But then also I I think that the art world just has this like bad reputation, right? Sure. You know, the things like underrepresenting women in galleries and things like that, we can, we can do something about that here. And so I think that, that it kind of goes into going back to like, we can't change the art world as a whole. We can't change that. Stereotype of like a snooty gallerista in all black who won't tell you the prices if you have to ask, then you can't afford it, sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. But there, but that is like the 1%. But that's the stuff like the Warhols that sell for $250 million and things like that. Like that's the stuff that makes the news. And I think that's what becomes like the zeitgeist, like what everybody thinks. Mm-hmm. And it's just not the case. It's the 99% of the art world are artists like in galleries like ours or, or independent artists or are on Etsy or things like that. Right. Um, and so I, we want to put like a kind of like this, like bullhorn out there being like, you can do this. You can come in, you are welcome. Like, come on in. So that's the other thing that, you know, always making sure that our prices are uh, posted and and on the wall. So people always don't feel like they have to have those odd conversations. Um, and then also on our website, the, the internet is democratizing everything because we are constantly posting prices. So by doing that, you know that like you're getting the same price as the person that that is in Rhode Island, is in Maine that are ordering from our website. Like I think people also think like, oh, there's a price for him and there's a price for me. And then there's these discounts and all of these things. And now we're just saying like, this is the price mm-hmm. <laughs> from time to time we do a sale. Sure. But, um, you know, I, it's, it's stuff like that, that we're trying to make people feel a lot more comfortable with purchasing the artwork. Cause they, I want people, I hope they do trust us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and by putting all of the information out there. It's not, it's not different information. You can know it too.
0: Right. And I mean, in terms of a sales tactic too, I think at least this is, you know, me speaking from my experience, but I think being more upfront with what something mm-hmm. costs is a great mm-hmm. method because right. I know, like I said, speaking from my experience, when I see something, whatever it may be, sometimes you come across, you know, listings online for things or you're searching online and you get that sort of bracket of. You know, something's between fifteen hundred dollars and five thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, well, well, what is it? And right, honestly, I don't even know if I want to find out because right. what should be you know the five thousand dollar bracket? Right, right. So exactly. that's sort of the mentality I have when I come to it. So I, I like to know upfront, like how much is it? All right, mm-hmm. I know it's in my budget and I can afford that. I can't afford that. So you sort of know those things and.
1: Yeah, I mean, I wish I wish more businesses were like that. <laughs> totally. I mean, you know, we're not um, the gap, right? Like things aren't mass produced, so they are one of a kind, and there is a lot of reasoning into why things get priced. I mean, we have these equations and all of these things that go on behind the scenes. Um, most of our artists price per square inch. That's kind of the why, you know, that like an 18 by 24 or a 30 by 40, that by that artist costs this. Mm-hmm. Um And there's a lot that goes into it, the type of materials, um, the time, the, this, you know, the way that their market has gone, like, have they been out creating artwork for a long time? And, Really, at the end of the day, anything in the world is only worth what somebody will pay for it, <laughs> right? Right. Um, so the, but these prices are that way because the market has, has shown that it supports that. Um, so anyway, there's, there's a lot of reasoning that goes into and a lot of thought that goes into it. And no, it's not like the materials times X, like the gap in a jean jacket, but there is a lot of thought into it. And there is a reason why these things are priced that way. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, one other thing you brought up just then is your website. So for anybody who doesn't know, you have a website which highlights a ton of the pieces that you sell Mm -hmm. um, through the gallery. And I was able to check it out. I saw a (laughs) lot that I liked. Thanks. And of course, and I, I, kind of want to know, I guess, um, well, I guess before we go into that, cause I want to know sort of your selection process of it all and working with artists and how you choose that. But in, in bringing up the website, the one thing I did want to point out is that what we were talking about before with affordability and trying mm-hmm. to offer a variety of prices. I think it's really great that you've made art accessible by Thanks. doing this online platform, having this website where people can go, like you said, all across the country and sort of yeah. select, you know mm-hmm. art it's it's really easy to do you know you can totally find, and find so many new artists and i think it's great because you can look online see an artist you know find out more you're on the internet already yes. find out more information about them and and sort of know as you put it earlier know who you're getting your art from or your work from Um, and I think that's really awesome. So in terms of sort of finding artists to work with and and bringing them into the gallery, how does that process work?
1: Oh gosh. So, you know, when we started three years ago, we had a roster of like 15 artists and we felt like, wow, that's really huge. (laughs) Um, but to begin the gallery, I went down this line of people that I had previously worked with or just really admired, like Hunt Sloanham, and wrote emails to them and said, you know, would they have a conversation with me? and. And I feel so thankful that for the people that said yes to, you know, I wasn't unknown, quote unquote. Um, I had been working in the business for some time, but starting a gallery and um, shipping your artwork to Iowa (laughs) (laughs) um, was, you know, like a, a leap of faith for some of these artists. And I feel so thankful that they took that leap with us. And so then growing it to 50 artists where we are now. It just continues to be people that I find through Instagram or Pinterest or like looking in um, Architectural Digest or El Decor or Domino. I mean, I'm constantly looking in publications and seeing things that catch my eye. Um, I'm on Instagram all of the time for work and for pleasure. <laughs> um, but, you know, finding people through that as well. And then one of the ways that I feel... I really take into account is when another, one of our artists brings forward an artist. So, you know, it re- that that really means a lot because the way that the gallery dynamic works is that you have an artist who, if their work is not very good and your work is next to it, then it's almost like your work seems not very good. It's like, same with your friends. It's like you are who you hang out with, right? So same way in the art gallery curation and all of that. And so if artists are saying like, I want my work next to their work, that is a really high recommendation in my mind. So I love it when our artists bring other artists forward because it just, it that their opinion really means a lot to me. Um, so, yeah. And then also we take open um, bits. So people email us, we review them every quarter. Sometimes we take people from that as well. So there's a whole way. I mean, I've even had other gallery owners call me and say, you know, I, I'm really interested in what you guys are doing in your program at the gallery. Would you take a look at this artist of mine? Because high tide rises all boats. Not every gallery feels that way, but um, the ones that are good do. And so sometimes we've had, and we've done it and vice versa. So anyway, there's a whole way of doing and and finding new artists, but um, you know, it's just like a constant look and I'm looking for pieces that look unique. And I know that's like kind of an easy way to say it, but I want to know that we have one artist, Angela Blem, Krusheki Blem, and she has such a wonderful like Pop our, she does these like great lips and um, ribbons and all of these things. And when I see a piece, I immediately look at it and I'm like, that's Angela. I know it. I wouldn't even have to have her name anywhere near it. And so, I want that with all 50 of our artists. I want to be able to look and say, feel like I'm not seeing that in a million different places and that somehow that unique style, imagery, et cetera, they don't all look the same, but they have a strong message and and style that I would be able to recognize. Mm-hmm. Like a signature
0: almost. It's like you know exactly. Like, exactly. that's that artist. Yes. Exactly. That's really great, and I'm I'm curious to know then, uh, in terms of artists that you have with the gallery, who are some? So if you know people are out there wanting to know more, wanting to learn more about the artists that are partnering with the gallery, um, how can they sort? I mean, I know they can go on the web page and and see their work. So I guess what are who are some artists that you know just over the past year? you really come to admire and are just you know happy to be partnering with them
1: oh my gosh i mean i i truly feel so thankful for the artists that we represent um the other thing that we that i have figured out is that there's a lot of talented people in the world but we have decided and made this kind of gallery stand is that we represent great people <laughs> they are great artists but they are also great people and so you know, there are, we say a lot, like there's too many talented people in the world to work with jerks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, I always feel like when I sell a piece for an artist, I I'm so excited that I get to email them and tell them that they made a sale because like, I know like I'm doing a happy dance. They're doing a happy dance on the other end. Like we just, this, it seems odd to say, but like, it does really feel very family oriented in some ways. Um, the show that we have right now, we have um, Kit Porter. You've got to take a look at Kit Porter. She's out of Beaufort, South Carolina. It's incredible. Taylor Fisher out of Dallas. And then we have two um, Canadian artists, uh, Megan Boustard and Joy Kinna. They're amazing. We've got, I said earlier, uh, Hunt Slonem. We've got some Hunt Sloanum. We've got a big Hunt Sloanum bunny wall um, Jesse Rowley, who she is at a V on Instagram and she's doing amazing things. We're actually going to France next week to go, um, paint with her, which we're really excited I'm about. Sure. We're yeah. The of women, Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Um, so anyway, I mean, again, there's 50 of them and I get so excited talking about all of them. I've, I've told this story before, but I want to tell you When I was at USC and I was in grad school, I had an internship with an organization called United States Artists, and they give 50000 dollars unrestricted grants to artists every single year. So it's really about letting the artist work. It's like they could put it on their life, their you know their health insurance. They could do it on their rent, like however they need to live with that fifty thousand dollars, so that they can go create artwork for a year. And this organization started doing that because there was a survey that went nationwide and it said people wanted art in their communities, but they didn't really care about artists in their communities. And so it's really about that art comes from artists. And that seems like such a simple thing to say, but it really is profound because people, again, are not thinking about who is pouring their heart and soul into these pieces and creating them. And so, yeah, people know that they want art. They know that they want beautiful communities, but you need artists to create that. And, you know, artists get this, these, this odd reputation sometimes that, that they are odd or that they're like, do nothing. Or, I mean, so many different things. And these artists are the hardest workers. They they work around the clock to create pieces for our clients and for their clients. And I just, Feel like astounded that I get to represent them and, and work with them and have beautiful artwork on the walls. It's like, it's so joyful to be around this every day.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love what you said and I think what an amazing program at uh, USC. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's so great. And I, I'm actually somebody who I'm getting my master's right now in documentary filmmaking so to your point about thank you thank you and to your point about just sort of (laughs) getting the odd looks or um you know just telling people yeah that's what i'm doing and it's like oh okay cool like yeah and you could see like the the brain ticking in the back of their head like huh like how's that gonna work out but to your point i think it's anytime you watch a film or a, a show and i mean especially mm-hmm. for me in, in my field like documentarians right now look at like true crime documentaries and how popular oh that is gosh, yes. it's like so yeah. whatever you're binging online on netflix or wherever there's somebody that behind that. by someone yeah
1: yeah and exactly. just like
0: you know yeah no, just like you said with art like i, I think anytime yeah. you walk into somebody's home and you're like oh like how beautiful like look at the space like look at what it's filled with and there's yeah. people behind that
1: yeah Yes, of course. And that's like why we love working with interior designers and all of that, because when we have great relationships with designers and people who love design and all of that, it just it makes these spaces that sing. And I think that if you have something handmade, it's like creating it's adding some soul to the room, Um I love this book called Joyful by Ingrid Fatelli. I don't know if you have seen it or read it, but I always recommend it because it really goes into how beautiful spaces and communities affect people and it can make them, um, you know, more energized and happy and, um, more efficient and like all of these incredible things that all happen through good design mm-hmm. and great artwork. And, you know, when you put a mural, we do a lot of murals here and throughout the Midwest. And, you know, when you put a mural on a wall, people automatically think the area is like safer, more well lit, like all of these things and nothing changed except for all of a sudden art was there. And it, like, it's like this placemaking thing. And I think that can happen down an alleyway or in your living room. <laughs> it like makes it a space you want to be around. And um, I, I think that the impact of having artwork created by an artist is just profound.
0: Definitely. And I, I, I love that you pointed out earlier that so many of the artists within your gallery are artists referring artists. And I think when you yeah. have... In any, to your point about, you know, art and what I was saying about sort of filmmaking and and anybody under the creative space, but also within any industry, if you find yourself struggling or feeling like you're just in this battle on your own of trying to create things, trying to launch the company Mm -hmm. you want to launch, trying to make those moves in your respective career, I -hmm. think finding a collective, a community of people That are also in that same boat is so powerful
1: and they don't have
0: to be in the same exact situation, but just somebody who Mm -hmm. gets it every now and then I come across somebody who just gets what I'm going through. And it's like spotting, like, you know, one person in a crowd of a thousand people. And it's just such a special (laughs) moment. It's like, you get it.
1: Totally. Totally. And I think that, um, too often we like, when it comes to work things and like new ideas and all of these things, we hold it in. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's sometimes because we're afraid that people are going to judge what we're talking about or what we're, what our dreams are. Um, sometimes I think it's because we think people are going to steal our idea. I mean, there's so many different things. Um, but I, I have found that when you talk about it and you kind of workshop it, even before it's ready, um, then you get the most incredible feedback from people and have you thought of this and have you talked to this person? And I think on the whole people want to help you Mm -hmm. and you just have to let them. (laughs) Um, And, and that's the tough part, especially if you are, you know, like a type a Virgo oldest sister, like I am, like that is something that I have to remind myself that, you know, I need to talk about this and I need to let it out. And I don't think anybody is actually ever going to steal your idea. People are lazy. They're not going to steal your idea, (laughs) you know? So it's like, you really just like have to like let it out sometimes and be open to the judgment. But most of the time people are going to think it's amazing and cool and they want to help you. And um, yeah, you've got to like create that community in that network, but it happens through talking about it and talking about the issues and talking about the ideas and just kind of letting it released out into the world.
0: Exactly. And it's okay too, mm-hmm. to lean on people when you need. More. Yeah, exactly. I think It's so easy, especially when you sort of have a goal in mind, or at least this is just me,
1: <laughs> but I
0: think I, you know, I'm so fixated on getting to one goal, reaching that one accomplishment mm-hmm. That if I'm struggling along the way, I bottle it up. Like you said, mm-hmm. I bottle it up. I I try not to talk about my problems. I keep thinking mm-hmm. like, and eh, nobody else needs to hear it. But mm-hmm. it's okay to lean on people. And like you were just yeah. saying, like a lot of people can be going through the same thing. People can offer up advice. They could give criticism. Mm-hmm. But either right. way, like take something away from that. And totally. Um, I think no matter sort of what space you're in, but specifically, you know, talking about the creative space, um, it's really important to lean on people.
1: It is. Well, it is. And I think in that creative space, it's really hard to like show them what you're working on or talk about it because in a way that like... I don't want to like besmirch an actuarial scientist or something like that, but that's like data, you know? Mm-hmm. There's no emotion in it. And in when you're in the creative space, there's so much more emotion because it's, it feels so personal because you are putting part of you into it. Mm-hmm. And um you know, I, I think it it's, it's hard. It's sensitive. It's all of these things, but I think so often we don't realize how many people are rooting for you right? and want to help and, and think what you're doing is incredible. Even if they aren't constantly DMing you or all of these things, um, they're checking in and they want to know how you're doing. And so I, I, I want you all to, anybody that's listening to this is like, think the best of people because they're thinking the best of you. And sometimes you just have to like kind of take that leap of faith and go out on the limb and and share what you're working on and, and or say, hey, I need help because there's so many ways that people want to help you.
0: <laughs> exactly. And I think, you know, what you were just saying then about, um, not not sharing projects. One thing I yeah. do really want to talk about is what projects you know you're working on with the gallery and oh, yeah. um, what's sort of in the works. So if you wouldn't mind just diving into whatever you're able to share, diving into a little bit of that and sort of what you've been working on.
1: Oh, sure. So we are constantly working on shows. Um, we do a new show every six weeks, which is a pretty fast pace. But because we sell so much online, we ship 80% of the work that we sell now through the website. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're constantly having to replenish and redo the walls and all of those things. So shows are always in the works. Um, beyond that, um, you know, I'm working on a book proposal. Talking about like working, talking about things that feel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uneasy, um, working on a book proposal. Um, this has just been a dream of mine. And so kind of putting it out there, putting it out into the world. And I know that people have the same questions over and over again about artwork, how to hang it, um, how to style it, how to buy it, how to insure it, all of these things that like go into owning an art collection, and I don't want anyone ever to feel uneasy or that they can't be a part of the art world. It really is for everyone, and the answers should be accessible. So what if we put that into a really beautiful coffee table book too? Um, Think Emily Henderson, but just artwork. (laughs) You know, She always has these fabulous books, but they're like full of great details. Uh Um, So anyway, so working really hard on that. And then I mentioned earlier that we um, are taking... Uh, 12 women on a creative retreat to go paint with one of our artists, Jessie Raleigh. She's in Strasbourg, France. And so we're going to see how this goes. We may continue to do that too, because I think one of the things that can really connect you to an artist or to artwork is, you know, meeting them, having a conversation and the experience of it. How many people have bought a piece of work at an arts festival after chatting with the artist for 20 minutes, you know? um and you'll remember that forever you probably talk about it when people compliment you on that work all hey i met that artist and we talked about this and this is actually how they do it and that's why we go on instagram and and make videos so often because i want people to know like the conversations i get this like amazing access with the artists right like we can constantly talk about what they're doing and and how they do it and all of that. And I feel like if I can share that with people, it's going to get them even more excited. So all of our projects are about connecting people further with artwork, making them feel like they can buy a piece too. And I, you know, I know artwork is a high-end thing. It's not like going and like getting a cheeseburger. And I understand that. And I'm sensitive to that too. So thinking about the widest way that we can help people, um, of a variety of budgets buy a piece of artwork, because everybody deserves to have it on their walls.
0: Exactly. And if honestly, if there's one thing that I hope comes out of this conversation, not only is it for people to sort of broaden their horizons on art and how they can invest in art. Yeah. but I think to your point you just made just then about Getting to meet an artist and sort of knowing where your work is coming from or or where your piece is coming from, I think just there's such an incredible just genuine joy in knowing what the things you buy, where they come from, who is making them. And yeah. I like I genuinely love going into somebody's home and looking at like all the knickknacks and the art on the walls and all these different things mm-hmm. and having somebody tell mm-hmm. me, yes, you know, I got this at a craft yeah. show in, like you yeah. said, in France or somewhere. Yeah. I was, yeah. you know, my local, somebody in my local community made this or mm-hmm. those are the types of things that I think just are, are so cool and I'm fascinated by. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think for anybody just interested in diving deep into art and trying to, whether it be decorate their home or their office space or something, um, I just highly encourage because it's something I'm trying to do, right? It's something I'm trying to do um, with just sort of all things, just pay more closer attention as to what I'm buying and where it's coming from or who is making it. And I just, I I think, like I said, I think it makes you sound really cool too. I love, like somebody (laughs) can talk my ear off talking about where they're getting things from. And I think it's the
1: coolest thing in the world. So I love I, that. I agree with you because it, it goes across like everything. It goes with your clothes and your food. And, you know, I have a dear friend, um, Chelsea who makes bread, um, and she's doing a phenomenal job, but she's also, I think that's the other thing as a business owner, if we want to talk business a little bit is like putting yourself out there too, because, you know, I know that Chelsea is the one making my sourdough bread, and I love supporting her and knowing that she has been so thoughtful about the recipe and tweaking it and doing all of these things and being sciencey and geeky about bread. Mm-hmm. And then you also know that when you're buying a piece of artwork, like Tina, Ali, myself, we're the ones wrapping it, we're the ones packaging it. You know, there we are taking care of your art for you. You know that, so that. And if, and if I'm vouching it for it, like you, you end up knowing me through social media too. And I think that that, that trust is something that I take as a huge responsibility, but also by showing my face and, you know, Chelsea showing her face and so many business owners out there, like showing like a little peek behind the curtain of like, this is our day to day. These are the people that you are supporting by buying a piece of artwork through a small business. It is just phenomenal. Like it it means so much to um savvy purchasers, savvy buyers.
0: Exactly. And I think um, you know, also what we were saying about you can invest in these big pieces that mean so much and could have such a presence in your home. But then, mm-hmm. you know, depending on your budget or the size of your space or all these things, you could also invest in these smaller pieces and they can mean just Mm -hmm. as much. And it's really about, you know, who you're buying something from and the story that they have and the story they put into it. And I think that's, what's really great about art. And it's something I've tried to do, especially like we were just talking about, and this is just a fun fact and maybe a tip or trick for anybody out there Mm -hmm. who travels, but, um, when it comes to traveling, right, it's always like, what souvenirs can I get? What's- yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's a great one. Yeah. And for me, I, you know, it's always so hard, you know, stuff can take up space and we are trying to travel light. But mm-hmm. um, I've been blessed enough to travel through a lot of different cool countries in Europe. And a lot of times, and this is t- true in the States as well, but a lot of times they'll do, you know, markets and especially at Christmas mm-hmm. time, you'll have mm-hmm. so many different, whether that be photographers or artists, and they'll yeah. sell just your little, you could get them, you know, any sort of size an eight by 10 or whatever, but you could get yeah. prints or photographs. And I think it's mm-hmm. so cool. And I started just collecting those. So yeah, you really cool. Like 30, $40. And yeah. the, like more and more I collect, then you have something where, you know, circling it back to what you talked about in the beginning. It's like not a millionaire, but right. I have yeah. this art, this something that somebody, you know, took time out of their day to create. That yeah. I've sort of curated on my own. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. it's a start, right? So um, yeah. I think for anybody out there, um, you know, who travels or if you just, you know, see, just pay attention to different artisans and vendors and, you know, where you, like I said, where you get your stuff, It's it's pretty cool. Um,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, I love this story that has been told probably a thousand times about Picasso, but, um, a woman saw him at a restaurant and asked him to do a doodle on a napkin and he did it and signed it. And then he said, well, that'll be $5,000. And she was like, that took you two seconds. And he was like, no, madam, it took me a lifetime to be able to do this. And I think it's, you know, one of those things that it, you know, it's really not about like the amount of time or what it is, but it's like the, these artists have been everything that their whole life, it goes into these pieces and whether they're like 30 or $40 or $5,000 or all of these different things. And then, and then on top of that, if while you're traveling, you know, you buy a piece and it was somebody off of the corner of the street, like there is no better or worse art, mm-hmm. right? So where you buy, where you purchase it from a gallery or off of the street, like everybody, every artist is putting their life into it. And, um, I just, I really encourage you to do exactly what you're doing is support small businesses and small support, independent artists and all of those things. Um, because you know, their life is going into it.
0: Exactly. Right. And I I mean, I, I think too, with, with your gallery, we talked about at the beginning, you have so many wonderful artists that you feature in the gallery. And like I said, I checked out the website. There's some really cool Thanks. stuff. So for anybody, I guess, interested out there, um, you, they can go on your website. Would you mind sort of teeing them up with all of the information, yes. the social media, the website, yeah. everything of yeah. where they can yeah. find more uh, on your gallery and the artists you feature?
1: Yes. So it's Liz legit dot com. And then um, you can find me personally talking about art and tips at Liz Legit on Instagram. And then it's at Liz Legit Gallery when you want to see about all of our artists. And then one thing I didn't tee up that you I should have is that we just started a podcast. It's called 10 Minute Masterpieces. And um, we're talking about the most famous artworks in the world. Um, and they're just 10 minutes. They're really quick, but very interesting all about, um, we've done starry night and the Mona Lisa and we're doing Frida Kahlo. So anyway, that's what we're doing too. So there's, there's lots of places, lots of, um, ways you can find us. Well, that sounds like something
0: I want to like listen to for sure. It's
1: cool. It's really cool. (laughs) It's very short, but drink your coffee, listen to it, learn something new about pieces that you could totally even picture in your mind. Um, it's cool. Yeah. I love that because after this whole conversation, I feel like I'm already
0: like, I just want to, you know, go take an art class and go like learn more
1: (laughs) about art
0: and art curation class. Like it's, it's very interesting. And like I said, at the beginning, I was so excited to have this conversation with you because what an interesting perspective to look at something and, and you being an individual who really focuses on, I think curating art. I mean, making art is, is hard enough. And then um, also having the eye and, and the um, sort of willingness to bring, create a space and bring together artists and feature artists and have, you know, a mission and a message and all these different Mm -hmm. things and incorporate that into just one brand name (laughs) takes a lot. So I I think hearing your perspective on all that and your journey with it was so cool. Um, And I always love concluding on the note of advice And with this being handling it, you know, I always say, Mm -hmm. has there been a lesson or a piece of advice that you've learned that you've picked up over the years doing this, curating art, having your gallery, has there been anything that's really helped you handle your life?
1: Oh, gosh. I mean, there's there's two things I always think about. It's like the work hard and be nice. It's like such Midwestern values, but that's what we are we do here in Iowa all the time is work hard and be nice. It will get you so far. And then I love that quote that's like, do it before you're ready and do it before you're good because that's how you'll get ready and that's how you'll get good. And so I do things so many times before I'm re- I really feel ready to do it, but that's how I learn. It's like I just jump in and do it. And, uh, you know, now three years later, we're a booming, successful business. And I had, you know, maybe I had things I, I don't want to devalue myself. I knew what I was doing, but also I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) Right. And I think that we have to be okay with, um, how many people feel that way. And you're, and if you're feeling that way, you're not the only one for sure. Sometimes you just got to go do it. Definitely. do the thing. I
0: think it's so easy. My goodness. I'm probably at that way right now, right? Every day. It's mm-hmm. like, am I doing this thing called life? Right. And right.
1: hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Nobody really
0: knows, but I think that's the beauty of it. As you pointed out, nobody really knows. And we're all sort yeah. of just going about it and trying to figure things out. So I think that's, that's really great advice.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks. And also I'm really excited to see what you're going to do with your film degree. I can't wait to cheer yeah. you on. Thank you. Yeah.
0: I can't tease a ton yet, but I started talking about it on some episodes. I am working on a short documentary film. Good for you. Yes. On motherhood. And that's all I can really share at the moment. But um, I've been, you know, really, really, really loving it. And it's been such a rewarding experience. You know, we talked about the whole process of creation and I keep Mm -hmm. saying it's this really wonderful thing, just the journey of it all meeting mm-hmm. people, working on this, having, you know, people working on it with me and, and building these relationships with people and then spreading a message, right? Starting a mm-hmm. conversation on things. And mm-hmm. I think that's the real value of it, right? The bonus is yeah. you create this stuff and hopefully it goes on to do more than that. But I think mm-hmm. what I've taken away from it so far is just, it's so cool.
1: That's awesome. And motherhood's like the ultimate creation, right? Like I tell my kids, you're the best thing I've ever made Yeah, (laughs) all the time. (laughs) So you're creating something about creating. That's pretty cool. It's it's really
0: awesome. So yeah, I've been enjoying it. And I just think, you know, what we talked about all earlier in this conversation, it's you know, more power to you to do something yes. that you're interested in and mm-hmm. to really like persevere with it because it's hard to dive deep into something and yeah. talk about art. <laughs> and it's it's hard to like you know just get your toes wet and to just push yourself off that ledge into the water. Mm-hmm. It's hard, mm-hmm. but once you once you start swimming, I don't know where I got going with that analogy. But yeah,
1: no, I'm when, with you. I'm with you. I was with you.
0: <laughs> once you start swimming, you're good. And um, yeah, yeah. So this has been such a
1: great conversation, Liz. It's Thank been cool. Thank you so much. much.
0: All right, everybody. Well, I hope you all enjoyed hearing from Liz. As someone who didn't have a lot of prior knowledge about running an art gallery, I personally took a lot of new information away from this conversation. And I just so enjoyed learning about Liz's gallery commitments as well and her mission to just make art more inclusive and accessible to people. So if you'd like to find out more on Liz and the gallery, there's social media handles and a link to the gallery website in the episode description. So you can check out all of the wonderful artists she works with as well. Thank you to Liz so much for coming on and thank you listeners so much for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling Podcast, and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. I will see you in two weeks with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.